0: It's Saturday. It's 7 a.m. This is ABQ Central.
1: With your hosts, Fred Slow and Van Nunley. All right, all right, all right, fire them And It starts right now on The Sports Animal. It's
2: a rainy day here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am Fred Slow alongside me. I don't even want to say partner in crime.
3: Haven't been for two weeks. Oh,
2: my gosh. Did
3: you miss me, buddy?
2: Van Nunley. Good morning, Van. I missed you, buddy. Missed you, buddy. Mike Vital. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Vital? Eh, uh, close enough. Okay, Mike Vital on the ones and twos. Listen, Dave & Buster presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee.
0: You guys need to go to the barbershop.
3: Getting bad in there. <laughs> well, I usually have a hat on. It got a, it's uh, all the way to the eyeballs now. I tell you what, we we've, we've been on air about thirty five seconds. I got my
2: first welcome back text.
3: Yeah, same. That's got kind going right here too. That's kind. I got one welcome back and one where are you? The boys. Because we're
2: two minutes late. Well, we're two minutes
3: late because
2: we were running the American Gladiator style uh, breakthrough and conquer downtown.
3: <laughs> we made it. We Mike, made it. were you on foot this morning in the rain?
0: Oh, in, in this situation, being on foot's the best thing.
3: Yeah, for real. Concrete barriers? I didn't see the concrete barriers yesterday, but this morning they are out in full force.
2: Well, I've been out of town for three weeks. You so wouldn't I, know. I came back to an Albuquerque filled with rain and concrete barriers. <laughs> what did I mention? It's mean, like an episode of Black Mirror. My my ex- 2020
3: is an episode of Black Mirror. I think the, the producers of Black Mirror are so creative that this new season... They had us live it instead of watch it. Oh, my gosh. It's really impressive on their part.
0: It has been a painful first five months of the year. <laughs> it, or slow. This it is, seems slow, not really as fast as it you would think.
2: And I, Vital, am one. By the way, we're going to talk a lot of sports today. We're going to talk a lot of current events. We're going to talk a lot of Pulse of the City. We're going to do it with a lot of special guests, and we'll That's get to that right. in a moment. I am one. That recognizes that every single problem in my life is at my own fault. I don't have a single problem that I didn't create in my own life. I'm very
3: fortunate. I think maybe except for height-related problems. I have hit my
2: head before. Yeah,
3: you hit your head on stuff a lot.
2: I took a Southwest flight. Uh-huh. Hit my head. Okay. But right now, this last six months, this nobody nobody's fault. Except for a couple bad apples. We're gonna break that one down this morning, this afternoon. We're in a weird current climate, right? Not just the rain, but the and I may be able to talk about this on air. I'm sure it's been overwhelming to everyone and everyone exists. So Fred, you know uh, Encyclopedia
3: Britannicas? Uh I remember the nineties. Do you uh did your grandma ever have a set of world books or Encyclopedia Britannicas or just a lot of history books on the shelves. Vital, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. One was like one would be like 1900, 1901.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so like every year would have its own special book, lets you know what happened every year. It was like highlights. It was like cliff notes of the year. Every year in human history has its own book. Gets one. 2020 gets one every two weeks. That's what it's got. We don't even have like a whole month is in a book now. We got to do them by the week. So the world book encyclopedia britannica whatever is on grandma's shelf there's going to be 30 volumes in 2020 and it just keeps getting crazier it just keeps snowballing world's on fire how about yours check
2: coronavirus check race riots check yellowstones erupting check murder hornets check what am I missing? Am I missing other stuff? Korean uh,
3: baseball league. <laughs> Korea. Okay. <laughs> That's
2: not the pandemic you think it is, Vital.
3: Uh, how about the government admits aliens are real? That that just got brushed under a rug. Yeah, remember remember how that happened? Remember how they said uh, Air Force pilots had saw un- unidentified flying objects, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, that happened. That's real. That really happened." 2020 is you... so crazy, aliens don't even get the front page.
0: When's the last time you heard about the pandemic getting front page this recent?
3: It doesn't even matter. No, that's at least page two now. No, it doesn't even matter. It's going to get page one again in a couple of weeks when it ramps back up. and It's going to ramp back up because of this. Yeah. And everyone who's... People in
2: Missouri. Did, I tell you what, you're talking about the Ozarks and I was there.
3: Safe distance. Speaking of Ozark, season three was amazing. Why did the future
2: king of England leave England? <laughs> it just, no one even cares. That's not even a weird thing. Which which one? Right. That's what I'm saying. You know what happened yesterday? Oh, is that a Megan's husband? That guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yesterday, France kills the leader the leader of isis Uh in northern africa the leader vital not like (laughs) not like just like one of them did you
3: read that article you didn't (laughs) i'm sitting here laughing because the world's so crazy now i had no idea that happened that happened yesterday i gotta look that up they said we got him
0: having the tiger king
2: yeah what happened that was fun what happened to the first
3: fun two weeks a pandemic You see, uh, Carol Baskin No, got Joe Exotic's original zoo. She bought it? No. The judge handed it over to her for safekeeping.
2: What's a bigger story? That or in 2020, literally in 2020, the president of the United States was impeached (laughs) and no one talks about it. Nah. Old news. Oh my gosh. You can live an entire life. Kobe Bryant is dead.
3: That no one is talking about. That's the biggest story of 2018. <sighs> but it's it's it didn't even last a whole news cycle.
2: Drew Brees spends his entire career helping the city of New Orleans through uh, Katrina, through like like literally. Like in maybe I don't know, maybe you're that listener 505-246-0610. Maybe you're that listener it's like sports are a nice distraction. I tell you what they are—they're an inspiration. I'll tell you what they are—is they build fellowship and community. And whenever the city of New Orleans won the freaking Super Bowl after Katrina, and all the efforts of Drew Brees as a person, as an as a fundraiser financially, and he's donated a ton of money to COVID, he's he don't he is the best guy on the face of the planet. No one has ever said a terrible single word about him. He makes one slip up. He's a martyr. Let's chastise him. Let's throw him
3: Because that's the culture we're currently in. You got all the Drew B's, Drew B's hot takes you want in the last couple days. Every talking head. Is Drew Brees culturally insensitive? Is Drew Brees no. a coward for apologizing? He is not. Is Drew Brees going back on what he said?
2: Here's Drew Brees's problem. Drew Brees is a really good guy who is also a Republican. He thinks other Republicans are also good guys because he is one. As it stands true, that's not true. There are a couple bad apples in every single affiliation, organization, political party, uh, gang, force, community that will ruin the whole thing. Drew Brees is not the guy ruining the whole thing.
3: No, I mean, this is not Drew Brees' problem. No. Did, uh, Did Drew Brees not have his finger on the pulse of America right now? Sure, sure.
2: He did in his gated community. He's been living in for three <laughs> weeks in isolation. He had it there. We sitting around the the fire pit in the backyard. They got off Jeff Bezos's Amazon, <laughs> talking I think,
3: it up. I'm assuming Drew Brees has a way nicer fire pit. Hey, watch he can get what on you Amazon. say. Bezos is
0: coming to Albuquerque for why? Amazon. They're bringing their. They're bringing another uh, facility here to the Duke City. Is, is, is that cause- fulfillment center?
3: Because uh,
2: are are they doing same day? Because I'm going to actually get real excited real quick. And also, is that because California keeps burning them down because they're over it?
3: <laughs> I can't wait to have drones drop off my stuff in my backyard.
2: I was just at home in St. Louis, Missouri. There's Amazon delivery trucks on every block. They li- You literally are driving around them. Like, we don't have that here yet, but that no. same day stuff. It's coming. It's,
0: it's kind of like Jetsons.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And the, they're in and out like... I don't know, like ergonomically trained like that last step down is like a big stride. And then they're like three gazelles away from your front door. Cause you know, like if they don't produce the United Kingdom left the European union this year. No one cares. These are real things. Nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> Gosh. Remember Harvey Weinstein?
3: Who? Yeah. Epstein. Epstein. Uh- A lot of Steen's doing some gross stuff. An entire political party made
2: Bernie Sanders stop running for some reason. Again? Again.
3: Again. Repeating history. That's a news story.
2: Call to tell me Drew Brees is a bad guy and I'll call you a liar. Call me to tell me Drew Brees, like, screwed one up royally. I'll hear that.
3: You build a thousand bridges in your life, man. Uh Uh-huh. You stand on the ledge with one sheep. You're not a bridge builder Mm-mm. anymore. Vital, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Got to take. Well, I've been on the ledge. I got to take a hard stance. You know what
2: you don't got to do is take a hard stance. I mean, we got some guests today. Who do we got? Oh, my
3: goodness. We got an awesome collection of. I'm only giving it to you because I want the job titles correct. Oh, well, that's a good idea. We have, coming up at 7.30, Ken Carson Jr., owner, operator, head chef, probably does some seating for one of my favorite restaurants in town, Nexus Brewing. That's, there you go. 7.45, we got local comedian Royal Wood III. Talented dude. Very funny. Almost as funny as your boy. Which boy? We're not talking about you. There we go. There's no way. 8.15, 8.15, we got friend in real life and friend of the show, Devin Williams, ex-Lobo, current awesome dude. And then 8.30, we have Nakia Russ, educator and community organizer. Really excited for that one as well. What
2: all these people have in common? They're all going to talk to you about what's currently going on in Albuquerque.
3: Well, Fred, they have a common link is that they're all people of color. They
2: Every single one of them.
3: Every single one of our guests today. We work- actually had two more really good guests as well, but they had schedule conflicts.
2: We're going to work that out, though.
3: Hey, we're coming back next week. We had, we- yes. Maybe.
2: They canceled the Olympics in 2020. No one's even talking about it. It's not a story. That's what I'm telling you. They low-key affixed 100 years of global warming with a one-month shutdown. That's how much the planet wants to survive. Help the planet survive. We'll get back from commercial. We'll talk to you about the NFL a lot more. It's good to be back. Dave good and Bu- to have you back. Thank you. Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We're going to throw a party. Powered by New Mexico Pinion 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinon. I talked about it. I'm going to be about it in this segment. So Drew Brees came out last week. Puts a little video on Twitter. It's crazy what 45 seconds will do. Sure. Puts a video on Twitter and he's like, uh, Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and condemn. Some guys in the NFL, or maybe previously in the NFL. By the way, no one is saying Colin Kaepernick's name. I've heard it recycled through the news a little bit, but not enough. I don't think I'm hearing it from players and individuals. I didn't hear it from the NFL on their statement, and we're going to get to that. So, he says, hey, um, you know, I don't think it's great that you're disrespecting them, You know, the flag, this and that. And then he's like, actually, you know what? I apologize. Um, My bad. I'm, I'm not conveying what I'm trying to say. That sucks. So the president yesterday says, I think Drew Brees is a great quarterback. Quote, I'm a big fan of Drew Brees. I think he's truly one of the greatest quarterbacks. But he should not have taken back his original stance on honoring our magnificent American flag. Old glory is to be revered, cherished, and flown high. We should be standing up straight and tall, ideally with a salute or a hand on heart. There are no other things you can protest. Excuse me. There are other things you can protest, but not our great American flag. No kneeling. I don't think you understand how protests work. You protest for attention. You protest peacefully. You convey a message. You know what they renamed Pennsylvania Boulevard yesterday?
3: Black Lives Matter Place. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that beautiful? Avenue, Pennsylvania Avenue. Avenue.
2: There's absolutely a way to convey your message. And the thing is, you have to look at the source often. And if you got one guy, Colin Kaepernick, who is ahead of the bell curve on this thing, insanely, but not, not, I mean, I mean, this goes back 400
3: years. This, yeah. Yeah. The injustice goes back hundreds of years. The protests go back dozens of years. The pro- police brutality, the brutality of the government against people of color. Has it ever stopped?
2: No. It's never stopped. The one I know, the Emmett Till. Do you remember Emmett Till? Sure do. That's when I first was like, and I, that was like 1955, right? But that's the one I know about like historically, that's right. the one where I'm like, oh, that, okay, that was a child. And then from there, like, you live your entire life, and there, nothing changes. And you know what? That's not fair. A lot has changed. But you end up on, like, the systematic – I grew up in a big city, a big racially segregated city, like a diverse city as far as two different strong cultures – but they did not intertwine. They did not mix. They lived in different communities. White flight was a real thing throughout my course of life. Chicago, Vital, you know. Like,
0: very divided.
2: It is not a safe space often when you're outside your space. And right now, people are like trying to communicate outside their mental space. You don't have anything to draw. I can't draw from. That's why we have the guests we have on today because we can't, explain it correctly because we we don't we're not the correct source and that's why I remember the NFL came out earlier this week first the players this is not organized by I'm sure the union has something to do with it this is not officially organized by the union but the biggest names in the game come out and put out this super powerful message then the NFL has to these three things and then Roger Goodell falls in line because here's the thing NFL specifically the players Roger Goodell work for you like it's not the other way around You got no NFL. Hey, you don't have people of color. You don't have the
3: NFL. It's a very powerful video. It's short. It's only a minute and 10 seconds. But I mean, in a minute and 10 seconds, they did it about as good as you can do. Yeah. Savvy. Savvy. And to to rewind a little bit, Fred, I think, you know, a big problem that we have right now amongst all the problems we have right now is everyone's talking. Everyone has an opinion. And the internet exists, so you can do a couple Google searches and find any kind of statistic you want to fit your opinion. And there's people like us, that look a lot like us, Fred, who think they have all the answers. And people who look like us, even the air quotes good guys, mansplain and white splain ad nauseum. And I think the biggest impediment to real change, is people need to shut up and listen. And that's a big thing that we're gonna to do today with uh, some of our guests. Four amazing people, four Albuquerque, members of the community. Pillars. Pillars of the community. And they're gonna tell their story and we're gonna sit back and listen.
2: And that's what we we just asked to listen. Like, like say you're a listener right now, and we know what we hit, we know we hit thousands. We're not confused, we see the numbers. If you're a listener right now, whose Saturday project got ruined because of the rain, your kids are st- there's no sports. Your kids are still home. You're just in front of the radio, and you're like, you know what? I'm real tired. I'm real over all this story. I'm real. Where are my boys distracting me, as they so often do with sports talk? Just open your ears up a little bit on this one. I mean, we're not Ira glass. We're not about to break this thing down. It's an NPR reference. If you don't get it, yeah, I got it. I'm with you. We're not going to break this one down. Michelle Norris. <laughs> But what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you a, maybe an opposing viewpoint you haven't had. And we're not gonna ask you to change your mind, we're gonna ask you to change your opinion. We're not gonna ask you to if you haven't currently done what you believe is an effort to assist or help others, specifically those in a place of need. Maybe you wanna do that. Maybe you wanna make that change. I tell you, I don't protest on the street very good.
3: I got this microphone here. I can get people an avenue, give people an outlet. Got a few thousand people listening right now and you know, like you said, Fred, they do—they come to us to escape. Yeah. They want to hear us be smart asses. They want to hear us talk about the irreverent side of sports, the yeah. irreverent side of pop culture. And, you know, pat my back a little bit right here. I think we do it pretty well. Hey. I think we do a pretty good job entertaining the city, state, and people outside of our area. I'm not going to say the world, you know. <laughs> I'm not that blind. I'm not that blinded by my ego. <laughs> but as far as Taos goes, <laughs> <laughs> but Albuquerque and the surrounding area, the guy, I think I think we do a good job of that. But that's not what we're doing today.
2: No, cause there, but there are guys that will tell you about they're doing it better than anyone. LeBron James, Drew Brees puts out that stuff. LeBron James, almost instantaneously. Hey brother, got a lot of respect for you, but you do not have a strong grasp on this one. Sure, I'm sure they talk privately on the other side. But he was like publicly, I gotta create a situation. Hey, you remember Michael Jordan used to tell you how Republicans buy sneakers too? You know what he just did?
3: Yes, he did. Hundred mil. Hundred mil.
2: Hundred mil. Ten mil a year for a decade. Charles Barkley. I mean, there's all. There are the people that currently need to be doing it that are doing it with this NFL video. Say, Colin Barkley. Give me a bigger star in the NFL than say, Colin Barkley. Uh, Nick Boza.
3: Yeah. Okay. Sure. We're not trying. What are you doing sure. here? Sure. Non quarterbacks, at least. <laughs> it's just, it's and re- good good on the NFL. Yeah, that, I'm sure that was hard. Pat Mahomes, Odell Beckham. Like admitting admitting you're wrong is that the hardest thing to do in your life? I I'll tell you the hardest thing to do
2: is to recognize someone else's core set of values and be able to to see the perspective or identify an issue through their core set of values. There's nothing harder than to interpret a single occurrence outside your viewpoint. Absolutely. And to change it, to change your opinion, to change your mind, I've changed my, I oh, I don't know how much time we got, we got two minutes. I grew up in a part of the world where it was very much okay to hate people who were different than you. And when I say very much okay, I mean. Encouraged. In, yes. Encouraged. For all the things that people have zero control over, race, religion, uh, age, uh, sexual orientation, but I can name them all. Disability. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I became a young adult that I, oh, that's actually dark. That's actually weird. These people that I actually
3: revere and care about, they're wrong. It's a shame. You know, you, if a loyal listener doesn't know, Fred, you grew up in East St. Louis. Right. Right outside the biggest, in one of the biggest crime, period. Period. And I grew up right outside of Houston, Texas. And so we were bombarded by this in our youth. And I think we're both very fortunate to have good role models or have good people early in our lives to where we weren't of the mind state that other peoples are inferior to us. Correct. But that mind state has not gone away in America. And we're going to talk about that today.
2: We got four guests. Who's our first one, man?
3: We got Kim Carson Jr. coming up next, owner-operator of Nexus brewery and soul food
2: ken will be joining us as soon as we get back dave and busters presents abq central live from the abqx studio powered by new mexico Pinion 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal welcome back to the program owner of nexus brewery ken carson is joining us now talking about the current climate of new mexico we're talking about the current climate of albuquerque and we're talking to the people that we have identified as knowing considerably more than us. Ken, good morning. Welcome to the show.
4: Good morning. How are you doing?
2: You're doing well, my friend. Thank you for taking the time. Ken Carson, the owner of Nexus, Nexus Brewery and Restaurant. You got three locations already. Is that right, Ken?
4: Well, we had three. We uh, uh, closed one at the end of the year because of uh, it just wasn't working out very well. But we still have to uh we have one located on Pan American Freeway and uh Montgomery on the east side and then we also have one at 1511 Broadway Southeast. M- and one is fried chicken and and beer and the other one is barbecue and beer. All
2: right, speaking my language? Can I speak yeah. my language? <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, uh Ken, obviously, uh, we're going to talk about the current climate and uh, what's going on in the city right now. Um, if you would, for us, without us even really prefacing you with a specific question, can you just kind of give us your your take, what you believe the temperature to be currently in Albuquerque?
4: Well, I, obviously, um, I think we're all kind of getting exhausted over this. Um, it's been going on for Quite a few days uh a very tragic situation I mean there's nothing you can say I got tired of hearing the pandemic being um uh, unprecedented uh that term being used <laughs> because every day we were experiencing uh you know sales that were basically nothing. Now we go into this situation with uh, uh a situation where a man uh is effectively murdered in every in front of everybody's eyes on camera, and um, so there is, you know, <clears throat> I am surprised at the reaction that seems to have occurred. Uh, it seems different than all the other times. I'm not quite, as, I'm not sure, and I'm not really talking about the violence. I think the violence part of it, the destruction of property and things like that is ridiculous. Um, and it looks like there are a lot of perpetrators that aren 't involved in the protest that are that are doing this, but <clears throat> the coming together of so many people to say this is wrong finally and not blame it on the person <laughs> that was murdered uh, is really kind of shocking to me and i'm i 'm really glad to see that also but on the other hand, I look at it with a uh, a tinge of uh, I'm not sure if it'll really change things, because I think that when people focus on things like that, they look and see that situation and says, we've got to stop that. But <clears throat> this, the, the problem is unconscious systemic racism that all of us have, even within black people. And we need to recognize that, um you know, this thing of superiority uh, of, of the white uh, population is, is, is the real problem uh, that uh, policeman was just operating under that. I think the situation with the the two Coopers and in, 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 in New York uh, in the park uh, that's probably more insidious uh, than anything because th- probably uh, that lady from what I understand I'm not sure if it's true because you don't know, no, uh, um, she's a liberal and probably voted for Obama. So it's you know, but she used her power <clears throat> that we have always in the back of our minds, sitting there, uh, knowing that it can be used against us, and that's that's the that's the biggest problem. We need to address that.
3: Hey, good morning, Ken Van here. Really, answer. how are you doing? Hey, great, great, great. Uh, really appreciate you coming on with us, and want to send a quick shout out to a mutual friend, Zach Work, for um, connecting us. And uh, so I'm going to call you out here real quick. You have just became a senior citizen, so <laughs> happy, yeah. happy belated birthday! And uh, me and Fred were both thirty somethings, and so I would like for you to speak on you. You know, just turning sixty-five, you you have you see this through a different lens through your generation and the generation before. Can can you like speak on how it's different and how it's the
4: same? Yeah. Well, um, when I was growing up, um, uh, we, we we discussed this earlier. Um, I don't remember having that much trouble in school, getting into fights. And having problems with people, but I do remember very distinctly, um, you know, we, we, our family started off on Edith, uh, you know, when I was born, that was the house that I was taken to, then eventually my parents moved to the Kirtland addition, uh, those were the areas that blacks were in Albuquerque permitted to live in, those were acceptable areas that you could live in. And there was one more uh, place in in Albuquerque in the Heights. It was off of Wyoming and um, Lomas, uh, right there in the middle of all the car uh, car dealerships back then, because that's all that was there. There was just car dealerships on Lomas and in Wyoming back in the day. Um, so there was this little pocket where blacks could live there. And um, so my parents, um, my dad was uh, uh, worked for the post office. And my mom was a teacher. And so I, I re- remember probably somewhere around in the, in the era of around 19, it was in the mid 60s, my parents decided they were ready to move and step up on, on their housing and get a bigger house. And so they went out. And one of the things that happened back then was the fact that um, it was very, you know, classical 1960s. My dad goes, uh, talks to the people on the phone. Uh, you know, we don't seem to probably have the accent that most, uh, you know, because we grew up, my dad even grew up here in Albuquerque. Uh, you know, he's, when he was born and his parents brought him out here when he was one year old, they don't have the typical, You know, stereotypical black accent. And so he's talking on the phone. Everybody's ready to visit with him. He walks to the door, knocks on it, and all of a sudden the house is not for sale. Um, that's that, you know, that's one of the things that I remember. I remember my brother and sister, we lived on Montgomery. We lived, we did finally move and found a developer that allowed us to uh, buy a house. So my parents bought a brand new house. And thought we were really doing well. And then all of a sudden, everybody as this, you know, we were one of the first houses to be built in the subdivision, but all of a sudden, all the houses started being built around us. And then for some reason, interestingly enough, our first next door neighbor, uh, was black. And then two houses down, they were black. And so we realized that here we go again. <laughs> right. Um, you know, this, uh, situation where uh and now it didn't bother us that much but we also knew you know why i mean out of all these houses out of like say 10 or 15 streets in the subdivision do all of us end up on the same street so um that's life back in the 60s um i i you know i grew up in a situation where you know we were uh in elementary school at governor Dent. my my uh it was only me, my brother and sister that were in school. They seemed to have more trouble than I did. I, you know, I seemed to be okay. And then we, uh, uh, ended up at ultimately at Del Norte and there was only three blacks in, in the whole school, uh, in the whole high school. But, uh, again, I, it's been a, I mean, I've, Albuquerque is my home and I, I love it and, um, uh, I think I've been treated well, uh, but not everybody here has been treated as well.
2: Speak, speaking of of that that segregation or implied segregation you're talking about of housing in the 60s, how would you feel like that translates to, like, black-owned businesses here in town? Would you feel that... Um, there's a a same or a similar kind of vibe as far as where they can be and who can operate them, or do you feel that it's more fair game as far as uh, not just real estate but penetration into the Albuquerque community?
4: Um, well, okay, so that's 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 a good question because my background is banking, so I was a lender. I, I was president of a bank uh, in Berlin for twelve years. I was also the commissioner of banking before that for the state of New Mexico, appointed by Gary Garuthers and also um, by uh, Bruce King. So, one issue, the <laughs> big issue, is lending and the ability to borrow and access capital. I have not had any issues, but in some ways, I I'm pretty well known in the banking community. So I can't look at my success in being able to borrow from a bank compared to the others. I do know that when I was in banking, this is a big issue. There's a value, you know, when you lend to somebody, especially more so in the previous days. I know that I, I don't know if it's improved that much, but now uh, banking is more mechanical, credit score driven, and people. You know, but still commercial, small commercial loans probably are more decision based and preference and and whether you trust the person. I think that that's probably the biggest obstacle that it is for capital for uh, small black businesses. I almost can guarantee I can walk into the business. I can tell whether the guy is undercapitalized or not and realize that he's going to be one of those statistics that's not going to make it. Um, And it amazes me, the resilience of guys like Frank's Chicken and Waffle and stuff like that, because I know he wasn't highly capitalized, but he still survived after several years. There's another guy, uh, Pepper, with uh, Pepper's Barbecue, and he did not have the capital. I don't know how he did it, but he did it for nine years straight and survived. And finally, um, one straw broke, and and he was out of business, and right now uh, he struggled, Uh, and basically just has a barbecue pit on the back of his truck, and he basically is trying to work that way. Uh, These issues for small black businesses, I've seen soul food places open, and they just don't make it. And I don't, a lot of times, though, as a banker, I would probably sit there looking at their situation. A lot of times we don't know because we're inexperienced at running businesses. I didn't even know anything about running a business. My parents never My parents suggested that, so first of all, they were happy. Both of them were, uh, went to university, graduated. They were educators. My dad couldn't get a job at Albuquerque, uh, as a teacher because they wouldn't, they wouldn't even let a black man, uh, be in charge of a class, even though he, he, even though he was a big Albuquerque high football player star, they wouldn't let him be a coach in Albuquerque because he'd be coaching white kids. They didn't let my mom come in at first. She was one of the first five black ladies that were allowed to have school to be a teacher. And, uh, at first, but the Catholic Church, uh, St. Francis on Broadway, uh, did allow her to start, oh, Harwood Girls School first and then St. Francis. Mm -hmm. And then finally she made the jump into APS. But going back to the lending, Lending is a big issue, and um, the fact that we're not sophisticated a lot of times in knowing how to borrow money, how to keep your credit score right, and a lot of those things has led to the inability to raise capital or even to borrow from a bank.
2: Ken Carson, the owner of Nexus Brew, we're up against a break. Thank you for shining some insight on housing and business and historically here in Albuquerque. Final word, Van?
3: Yeah, I uh, really appreciate having you on, Ken. Thanks for uh, sharing your story and your perspective on this issue. And to all the loyal listeners, please go out and support black businesses. The time is now to make sure to advocate to be an ally. Uh, just a few businesses here. Taste of the Caribbean, of course. Nexus Brewing, you know, we had Ken on just now. Flower Loop, Frank's Famous Chicken and Waffles, Rude Boy Cookies, Mr. Powdrell's Barbecue, Creative, Duke Media, Kaylin, Southern Cajun Fusion, Manimal Kingdom, Leela's Body Cocktails, Q, 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 Q Cakes, <laughs> Biscuit Boy, The Rain Tunnel Car Spa, Beats Juice Bar, Talking Drums African Grill. It keeps going. If you need any more information, go to supportblackowned.com slash state NM. Thank you so much, Ken. Ken Carson, thank you.
4: Alright, thank you
3: When we get back, Royal on the other side of the
2: break 95.9 FM and AM 610D, Sports Animal We're back on the program Dave and Busters presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX studio Powered by New Mexico Pinon One of the funniest guys I know Royal Wood Third, is joining the program You tell them jokes or you tell them truth Royal, welcome You there oh. with us, buddy? Yeah. Oh, welcome to the program, Royal.
1: Oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. Um, I was checking on something real fast. Uh, thank y'all for having me on.
2: Appreciate your time. Appreciate your effort. Obviously, we're going to talk about the current climate and everything that's going on in the world today. Hmm. But first, you got COVID jokes? I'm ready.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, uh, see, I, well, honestly, I've been trying to stay away from them. Just mainly due to the fact that everybody's going to be telling them. I really don't. Well, actually, I take that back. I have one. Oh, God. I have one. Um, so, you know, they was calling the COVID-19 uh, the coronavirus. Now, the crazy thing is, um, before like everything started, uh, they were talking about how there was going to be another virus coming from South Africa and they were calling that the Negro Modelo virus. Um, so, I mean. Th- it's a horrible joke. It's a horrible joke. I, you're working it out. Now that yeah. everything's going on, it's like ugh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> too much too the- too soon, but also not yet. I mean, that's a good joke. It's a super good joke. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so so obviously there's no comedy clubs right now. You're not you're not doing you're not hosting your stuff at local breweries. You're not none of that event or those events. Um, so what are you doing? You just taking it all in? Are you part of what's going on? Are you you talking to the young bloods out there? What, what, what's in your world right now, Royal? <laughs>
1: Uh, as of right now, um, so what's going on with me? First of all, uh, I stopped drinking. I stopped drinking actually at the beginning of all this around like March 15th. Oh. I'm coming up on, uh, three months of sobriety. You know, oh. I've been working out more. Well, first
2: of all, congratulations.
1: Um, so as of right now, I'm just working. I'm still essential. And, um, I'm, I'm working over at Target, but I'm also doing an interview show. I've been starting doing an interview show on Instagram. So, um, that's what I've been doing just to keep myself busy. Um especially with everything else that's going on, just trying to keep myself preoccupied, you know.
2: Uh congrats on your sobriety. Also, man um, hey, make a note. I'm gonna i I'm gonna sell all my Hennessy stock just now. <laughs> okay. okay, just we gotta get rid of that. Um obviously there's a lot going on in the city of Albuquerque. Uh what's your perspective of it? What uh what are you seeing, what are you observing, and, and how are you communicating with it?
1: Um, well, I know a lot of people went to the vigil, or is it video? It's either G or H sign. Anyway, um, (laughs) for George Floyd, um, I know a, a lot of people went over there. I know I've been seeing like the protests and whatnot. And the people that, you know, been protesting peacefully, um, kudos to them. You know, they were out there making sure that their voice was heard. Now, the other stuff, I'm not gonna lie. It was like one of those Albuquerque, New Mexican things. It's like we were late to the party. Like, you know, there's always, there's already riots out there, uh, across the other country. I mean, out of country, across the country and stuff like that. And so we're sitting here like we're doing it peacefully, like a day behind. We're always like a day behind, if you will. But, um, if anything, everybody that's going out there, you know, just being, being cordial, just letting everybody know like this is not this is not the move, this is not like things need to change, you know, they're doing it peacefully. That's what I was all for.
3: Hey Royal, good morning. Van here. Thanks for being with hey, us. Hey Van Hey, so I feel like uh we, we briefly talked about this the other day. Um I feel like local comedy was like about to hit a renaissance. There were awesome events everywhere. Local comics were we're uh opening up for national and, and uh regional Comics and it felt like everyone was about to blow up. Can you mm-hmm. talk about like how COVID kind of like rained on your parade a little bit?
1: Oh, um, rain on a parade is an understatement. I'm talking mm-hmm. about monsoon, dude. Uh, I know for a fact, like I was running three open mics a week and plus like uh, any other shows I was hosting, including my monthly showcase. So it's just. And that's just not, it's not just me. It's pretty much everybody just feeling it, you know? Um, and not even just like the blowing up part, just being able to go up on stage, being able just to be around the, be around the people, the other comedians. Like, we feel it. We feel it hard, you know? Um, I've been talking to other, uh, other comedians. Um, and my and, um, my IG show, my Instagram show, and we're all just feeling it, like, just wanting to be going up there and telling jokes and making people laugh. That's what we want to do, and we can't, you know. So um, a lot of us, we do have, like, other jobs and whatnot um, to be able to sustain ourselves, but it's still just the fact of, like, we were – like, like, what you're saying, like, we were there. We were on pretty much the precipice of, like, you know, turning Albuquerque comedy around, you know? So, but Silver Lining, I'm glad that it wasn't, like, one of us or, like, all of us comedians, like, to where it's like, oh, nobody wants to go to stand up in Albuquerque. No, it's just the fact that something we couldn't control. Uh, happen. But Royal. I know a lot of us is just raring to go. Um, we- as soon as we get the uh, okay from like you know, the places that we do our shows at and everything, we're coming back 100%.
2: Royal Wood is with us. He's going to return with us after the break, and we're going to talk about why the community needs entertainment led by people of color and the reaction that the community often has to it. Also... We're going to tell some jokes, I promise. We're going to talk about some serious stuff, we're going to tell some jokes. <laughs> Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal Royal, sit by.
3: Good morning, Albuquerque, and welcome back. We got one hour in the books. I'm about to hit that power hour right now. Welcome back to Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act Studio our friends sponsoring this whole show best coffee in town best coffee in the state new mexico pinon we're still on with local comedian essential worker and one of the best dudes i know royal wood the third friend of the show what's happening my man
1: Uh oh I'm pretty good i'm actually getting ready to get, get into work right now y'all had me up at like six o'clock because i was like i am not missing this and then i was like wait a minute i'm not it's six o'clock i don't so i went back to sleep uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey but, yeah, you and a lot of our other uh, listeners <laughs> oh yeah but nah, i'm just getting ready for work right now man how y'all doing how y'all doing through all this
3: we're doing good man staying busy staying uh trying to get out as much as possible trying to trying to stay sane
1: I, I trust me. I feel that. Like I know everybody's trying to write their brains on like what's going on with the world, but I mean, we just got to keep living. You know, just keep on being good people.
3: So yeah, last segment, Royal. We uh, touched on you know Albuquerque comedy and what's going on, and I don't think well, we need to mention it. But you are a person of color. Can you touch on mm-hmm. what it's like in general, the pulse of what's going on in the world right now, and what are the challenges of uh, being a black performer?
1: Um, well, as you may know, that there's not a lot of white people in Albuquerque, um, let alone New Mexico. So, I mean, we do have to strive a little bit harder just because of the fact that there's not that many of us. But the ones that are working, we make sure that our names are known. You know, uh, myself, uh, Buck D, uh, Black Mike, uh, Louise Powell, Mary Bird. Um, we're all sitting there working to make sure that what we do, there's never a negative connotation of what we do. Because, I mean, honestly, have you really ever heard of, like, me just being out there being outlandish or whatnot or Mary Bird just, just being out there just trying to mess with the scene? No. Because we know for a fact, like, one slip-up and it's done you know, it's finito. So it's just the fact that we always try to make sure that we're on the, I don't want to say like the straight and narrow, but it's like, we know the obstacles. And so it's like, as long as we keep our eyes open and stay focused, then it's not really a problem. Now I've been doing stand up for, it's about to be seven years and like hosting for like three or four. And it wasn't just like a straight rocket ship up. It was a lot of hard work. There's a lot of empty rooms, a lot of, a lot of this booze or just stuff like that, but it's still just the fact of like perseverance, you know, always working through those hard times to get to the good times. So that's honestly how I see about it in general. But for right now, more than ever, it's like being able to see a black face doing good, like, you know, in the community It's 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 up that's uplifting, it's inspiring to me, and it should be inspiring for anybody, regardless of color like you know seeing somebody of color going going up there and be like okay I'm I know the odds are against me but I know I can do this that that's how I feel
3: No oh, I appreciate that Royal So on Sunday and then uh following the few following days there were protests in every city almost every city in this country I think 430 something total all 50 states all mm-hmm. 50 states over 400 cities 36 other countries joined in on us and yep. it feels i want to say it feels unprecedented but it's not this has happened before this is this is oh, not no, it's, it's
1: definitely not um if anything this has been uh, a long time coming you know like not to not to quote uh like sam cook or anything like that uh like the whole change is going to come it is you know like if people are, are going to be upset this long it's like trying, it's like punching a wall, you know. Um, eventually, there's going to be cracks in that wall, and then that wall is going to shatter, you know. It's just the fact of all the things that have been going on throughout the years. Not just days, not just months, not just like, okay, one-offs or whatever. This has been years, decades, centuries of just, just anguish, you know, and we're not able to do anything about it. And then there's always going to be that straw that breaks the camel's back, And unfortunately, that happened, you know. So now people are understanding that we are frustrated, we are tired, we just want, we just want to live, you know. We just want to live. And honestly, that's how I feel every day. It's like I'm not sitting there trying to, like you know, one up anybody or just put anybody down or or do anything negative. All I'm trying to do is just wake up, breathe, and live. You know.
2: So from your perspective, Royal, of um, you know, a black entertainer in town and an entrepreneur and a guy who you know, is, is a pillar of his community as far as those roles that you've accepted to take on, what does, what does the phrase, uh, and this is obviously for the listener, what does the phrase Black Lives Matter mean to you? What does the phrase his name is George Floyd mean to you? Like, how does, If you were to explain that to someone, how would you convey your interpretation of that?
1: He wasn't just a man that got killed. He was a black man that got killed very, very wrong. He did, like, every time I watched the video, I'm like, none of this, none of this should have happened at all. And it, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, that, that is a thing that we felt like we needed, you know, because they do matter, you know. (sighs) There's and nothing frustrates me more than the fact that we have to have that, you know, but we do, and I'm glad that it's here because it makes it makes it known that we are here, you know, uh and honestly we're not going anywhere, you know, but it's just the fact that it needs to be known it should it shouldn't be, but here we are, and that's that's how I feel about it
3: royal uh when we did a little pre interview we talked a little bit, made sure we're on the right page and One thing that you mentioned to me and it really resonated with me is something uh, along the lines of temporary empathy mm. like something horrible yep. something horrible happens, and then everyone gets all up in arms, and then it fades away until the next time
1: it happens mhm
3: so are you, are you, one well, example you gave me was uh friends checking in on you you want you wanna speak to that
1: yeah, so. And it's frustrating because, I I love all my friends. Because if I if I didn't love them, they wouldn't be my friends. However, I always get the whole like, whenever a black person dies, um, I always get the whole "Hey, how you doing? Are you doing okay?" from people that I rarely talk to, you know. And then, whenever if, if it subsides or dies down or whatnot. I don't hear from them for, like, maybe months, uh, maybe even years on end, and then something happens, and I'm getting the phone calls and messages. And I'm sorry, like, for all my all my white friends, all my friends of non-color, if you will, I stop doing that. Just keep that energy 100% all the time. It doesn't matter. Like, that. That's that's what frustrates me, because I don't want people just checking up on me Because somebody of color died. You know, I want people checking up on me because they want to check up on me. And I I hate that. I hate that cycle so much. I wish it would just be broken to where that I don't have to say things like that. I don't have to feel that way. But once again, here we are. So it's it's just repetitive. That cycle just needs to stop.
2: We're talking about the Black Lives Matter, uh, excuse me, Black Lives Matter yeah. movement, and we're talking about the protests. Um, we're not talking about the looters. We're not talking about the disturbers. We're not talking about the vigilantes. But what all of these individuals have in common is often young blood. Often these are kids. Uh-huh. These are young adults. You're in a place in your life currently, Royal, where you connect with a lot of young adults, specifically here in the community. If you were able to help them... Uh, take some of this anger and take some of this direction and take some of this frustration and focus it towards a common goal. How would you identify that goal, and then how would you communicate that to individuals within the five oh five who maybe need some direction or maybe need a a place to put their emphasis
1: uh, i what i 've seen especially on facebook what i 've seen especially on facebook is just like you were saying communication um people using their voice to better the situation. Um a lot of the younger a lot of the younger generation, they haven't seen anything like this before, you know? Uh I know I may have not been um uh, old enough to ex- like actually fully experience this but like Rodney King, you know, the whole Rodney King beatings and whatnot. Um they did, they don't know about that. So this is like a first for them. They don't understand that this has been going on for years. So if anything, just be communicating with them and be like, okay, I understand your frustration. I understand your anger. But what we need to do is we need to be proactive about it. We need to be, we need to be safe about it because we can't do anything if all of us are either locked up or dead. So it's acting smart, uh, trying to give them a forum to be able to express their opinions or whatnot that's that's like if anything the first steps uh i'm not trying to like you know step over words or whatnot it's just i really don't know you know it's frustrating because if i had the answer to be able to fix all of this trust me it would have been fixed a long time ago but i don't the only thing i can say is that making sure the voices are heard making sure the voice not just heard but things could be taken into action from said voices uh it's, there's a lot of emotions out there right now. A lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of confusion. It's just the fact of, like, we just need to communicate and figure things out to where that we can we can better ourselves. We can better ourselves as a country. We can better ourselves as a world, you know? So, I mean, honestly, that's probably why the aliens haven't came through yet. I mean, they're just flying through, and they're looking at Earth like, nah, now we'll probably come back another 10 20 years see how that pans out but uh anything just we just need to just just talk more be more compassionate towards like you know one another you know and just and just listen and just listen to just listen to the voices that are out there because they need to be heard
3: I really appreciate you speaking from the heart, Royal. Wise words from local comedian Royal Wood the Third. Thank you so much for being with us. What do you got coming uh, up? Yeah. Uh what do you got coming up for uh the comedy world? You working on something?
1: Um, so as of right now, I'm still doing my Instagram T V show, Royal and Friends. I got a whole week booked up, so um if you want to catch that, follow me on Instagram, Captain Crazy Glue, no E behind the glue. Um other than that, just prepping up for when everything dies down so where we can do live stand up again.
2: Royal Wood, the third. Thank you so very much. Obviously you are now a friend of the show and we will treat you as such.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. I can't wait to see y'all out.
2: Good dude. Appreciate you Royal.
1: <laughs> Good. Dude. All right.
2: It's neat to me and we're going to go to break real quick, but it's just, it's so neat to me, the different avenues that people can take to impact their community. Like, there's a million ways to do it we've had local business owners we've had local entertainers we're about to have local uh sports community youth everything after this you're listening to david busters presents abq central live from the abq act studio powered by new mexico pinon 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal Welcome back to the program. Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinon. Joining us now, friend of the show, ex Lobo, Community Outreach Coordinator for the Office of African American Affairs and one of my absolute favorite people in this entire state, Devin Williams. Devin, welcome to the program.
5: Thank you. Good to be here.
2: Good morning, my friend. I don't need to preface you because I know you carry so much passion and intensity. Devin. Talk to me about what is going on right now and talk to me about your experience as a young athlete here in Albuquerque.
5: Yeah, so um, it's, it's very frustrating just to see what's going on and just to see some people's reaction to uh, the incident that happened um, in Minneapolis. And it's like a lot of people, maybe maybe not a lot, but a good amount of people, unfortunately, are combating all the efforts that we're trying to make. In regards to social justice and changing the system, and it's they're downplaying what we're trying to do, and uh, they try to mock us for expressing ourselves, and it's just being just being black in this this country is very frustrating. It's very hard, and it's like you never know, especially being a black man. But I know for sure the black women uh, experience too. You never know when it's going to be your time to you know, get antagonized by police or, you know, if anything can happen to you if you just get arrested for minding your own business and, you know, um me being a black man just walking out of my house like I always have to hold my breath just because I never know. And that's the scary thing. You feel like you can't just live. You feel like you can't just be free and be yourself. You always have to put on a face code switch and it's, it gets tired. And, you know, I'm tired of it. And, you know, a lot of us are tired and it's time, it's time for a change. It's been time for a long time, but, you know, um, this is, this is where we really need to make some changes, especially now with what's going on. And it's I'm just happy to see that we do have some people who are non-black who are on our side who are willing to listen, willing to support and willing to come to us in the right way. In terms of my experiences, uh, uh, I have a few stories. One was when I was um, playing uh, at UNM and this was during the time where uh, the black lives matter movement um, initially started. And it was a game that, you know, me and my teammates were talking about, trying to figure out if we're going to take a knee or, you know, use our platform. And then just to have uh, staff come in and tell us, Hey, don't, don't, don't do anything. Like this game is on ESPN. You don't need to, like, I understand like what's going on is tough, but just hearing that and not having that support that you would think you have, especially with uh, what was going on during that time. It's, It's very frustrating. It's very, it's very, very hurtful, and it's. You would think that you know, all the all that we do for that university, or all we do for uh, sports, and all we do for our communities, that we'd have that support. But um, you just, it's you just never know. And so another, another thing I want to point out is whenever I was going, uh, for my masters, uh, and I was going to a research conference, I went to South Carolina and uh, one of the connecting airports was Atlanta. And so coming back into Atlanta, coming back to Albuquerque, I'm just sitting there. I'm by myself. Um, and before, right before I get on the plane, I get stopped. And I'm just mind my own business, just ready to go home, I'm tired, you know, it's been a long weekend, and I get stopped, and I'm just confused, and it's one of the first times where I'm one of the first people to get on the plane, and so they ask me these questions about what's going on, like, where are you coming from, where are you going, and the fact that, you know, I was one of the only black people on that flight, and I can't just mind my own business and go home, go back to Albuquerque, it's it's frustrating and i just wish that you know some people could feel the way we feel could experience that so i i got to follow- lot
2: of- well I, and i don't mean to cut you off but i got to follow up to that so as you get um or excuse me as you experience that story you just told us in uh the airport in atlanta you're in your mid-20s you're an adult you know how to deal with this So ask me how you got, I'm going to ask you how you got there. What was your first experience as a youth of quote unquote being black, but then how did your family prepare you for that? Was it, was it, Hey, people are going to hate you for no reason. And here's how you have to respond. Or is it a thing you had to learn on your own?
5: Uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, our parents, uh, being in a black family, you learn some of the basics, like, what to ha- what to do whenever you get uh confronted by an adult or you know you get uh confronted by an author authoritative figure and then there's other things that you have to learn on your own like uh for instance like dealing with the police you learn okay just uh comply with whatever they have to say don't fight back you know don't express yourself don't make sure you don't do anything wrong. Make sure you don't do anything to give them an opportunity to target you, to oppress you, to make you feel uncomfortable or put you in handcuffs. Make sure you're always following the rules. Make sure you're always following the system. Don't challenge the system. And it's uh in terms of myself, just learning, like, it's difficult navigating because, you You always gotta watch your stuff. you can never just be relaxed uh in this type of systemic uh society uh oppressively systemic society and so i just you just it's like everything's a landmine and you just have to continue to be cautious, be careful, navigate the right way, watch what you say, never be too expressive, never be too loud like those are just uh, a small percentage of the things that, you know, we've been taught or I've been personally taught not to have to learn just to survive in this type of society.
3: Devin, you do a, a lot of community outreach. You're actually the community outreach coordinator for the Office of African-American Affairs, and I know you do a lot of um, events in the sporting world with the youth. I mean, what what advice would you have for the youth, especially youth of
5: color who are seeing all this happening around them? Continue to, if you haven't, start to, but continue to um, utilize those resources that are available to you, especially for um, the black youth. Connect with those, uh, connect with your peers, connect with um, young adults, the older generation, connect with as many black people as you can, especially being out here in Mexico, uh, where, you know, some people consider you statistically insignificant or not even worth allocating resources towards, you have to band together. You have to look out for one another. You have to utilize those resources and also know your rights. Know what you can do. I understand right now it's very tough and it can be very difficult to navigate things. You know, you could be minding your own business and you get killed. You get you mind your own business. You get shot. You mind your own business. You get arrested for not really doing anything. And so, just make sure you you're always having somebody there with you. Try not to go places by yourself. If you're greater in numbers, but when you're by yourself, it's easier to get targeted. So continue to connect with all those community leaders, those individuals in your community, your peers. Connect with all those people. Utilize resources. Utilize, if you're a college student, utilize uh, UNM. If you're an adult or a child, reach out to uh, the Office of African American Affairs. Reach out to the NAACP. There's a lot of black resources out there, but you have to make sure that you're connected with those resources so those resources can work for you.
2: NAACP, Office of African American Affairs, the University of New Mexico. Is there a way to at least... To your knowledge, devin, for individuals to contribute to that, if listener was uh, wanted to volunteer if listener wanted to to help in a way um, are those places uh, current corona aside are those are those places do they have avenues for individuals to help other individuals
5: Yes, yeah, so uh, what you can do is go to those websites uh, African American student services um, um, office of African American affairs you can go to Uh, Black Lives Matter and you can reach out to those different uh, agencies and organizations and they will tell you how you can uh, support what's going on, support those resources and support those avenues
2: Do you right now Devin feel comfortable in the city of Albuquerque do you right now feel like your impact that you are making is going to make it more conducive to people of color
5: I feel like with what I'm doing and with what um, the other black men, women, black children in the community are doing, they're starting. It's a start. I feel like it's going to be a long time, and there's a lot of things that have to change in order to have the type of society that we want to see. But I think we're just starting to make strides, and it's going to take all of us. It just can't be just a group of people. It's going to take everybody, and it takes everybody supporting us and supporting what we're trying to do, not combating us with all this different rhetoric. Like, we need help. We're doing a lot, but don't undermine what we're doing. Don't undermine the things, the strides that we're trying to make. We need your support. We can't do it on our own. It takes a whole society to change a whole society. And so we'll continue to uh, work with our youth. We'll continue to educate people. And if you if you have questions, reach those right websites. Try to find out who those black community leaders are, specifically in Albuquerque, and reach out to them. They'll let you know how you can help. They'll let you know what you can do to support them. Don't just try to do everything on your own because you don't know the plight of the black cats the a black man or a black woman in america reach out to those people they'll let you know what to do we'll let you know what to do in order to help us don't just continue to try to do it on your own
2: devin williams professional basketball player ex lovo community outreach coordinator for the office of african-american affairs and most importantly friend of the show Devin, thank you so very much for your time this morning. Thank you so very much for helping us give to the listener. And obviously we will be in contact regularly and have you on as often as you will allow us. Thanks. Devin Williams, everyone. He says, something, he says it takes a whole society to change a society. Chill your boy. Right to the core.
3: When we get back. We got Nakia Russ, local educator and community organizer and uh, most recently helped uh, organize some events for Black Lives Matter. We're
2: going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what's going on for this last half an hour. Thank you for letting us put sports to the side. Sometimes things are just a little more important. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central Live from the ABQX Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon, 95.9 FM and AM 610 D. Welcome back to the program. Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central. Excuse me. You know where you're at, buddy? Matter rhythm. <laughs> live from the ABQX studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion. I was just so excited for our guests. Nikia Russ. By degree, she is an educator, APA Kappa Alpha, Black Lives Matter organizer. Nikia, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, thank you guys for having me. Thank Thank you, you, thank
2: you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for rising so early with us to share your story. We're not going to give you a lot of bleed on this one. Tell me the difference between a protester and an instigator.
6: An instigator is... Well, a protester is someone who goes in with peace in mind, um, a goal in mind. An instigator is an agitator, someone that provokes Um, and bring negativity to the crowd.
2: Would you say that's your biggest obstacle when you're organizing these protests, when you're organizing these peaceful demonstrations?
6: I wouldn't say it's one of the biggest problems, but it's definitely something that we as protesters and organizers have to be aware of um, when organizing, that there is going to be that one person. There's always that one person.
2: Well, and and without lack of a better verb, how do you guys police that?
6: We have um, allies. We have people that we work with um, to keep an eye on things like that. And during the rallies, like before we start marching, we let the crowd know as well if you see something, say something. Um, And more than not, um, it's a better turnout that way. Again, community policing each other.
2: How did this all, I mean, obviously we recognize how it all started. How did it start for you guys here locally in Albuquerque to start putting it together to identify who needs to be involved, to identify where it needs to be, and then to identify what message you're trying to spread?
6: Well, for me, I've been um, in this protesting game, so to speak, for quite, or for some years now. So having those relationships makes it a lot easier within the, well, having those relationships with various people in the community make it a lot easier to um, <clears throat> to do what we do. And what was the second part of your question? I'm sorry.
2: I apologize. Uh, identifying who needs to be involved, identifying where you're going to hold your demonstration, and then identifying what message you want to convey.
6: Okay. Um, we do a lot of times already have allies that we constantly reach out to when it comes to protesting. So that makes things easier, um, <clears throat> identifying things. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain because for me, this isn't new. So it's kind of like a second nature. It's, it's like, okay, we're protesting and it's just kind of like go mode.
3: <laughs> hey, good morning, Nakia Van here. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Hey, so can you speak to the, the issues that it is uh, here in Albuquerque and in New Mexico trying to have a voice for a minority population that is already marginalized and statistically marginalized here in New Mexico?
6: Yeah, we're, um, yes, we're definitely the minority of the majority. Um, and it is a little it's it's not as actually it's not as difficult as one may think to organize out here in the state of New Mexico because even what you saw with the demonstration on Monday there was just hundreds and hundreds of people to show support and solidarity. So people do understand and realize even though uh police brutality towards black bodies may not be something that's seen in the state of New Mexico, people definitely have an understanding within our communities that it is a global problem. Um so
3: that's just really, I mean, that's honestly really how we go about it. Yeah, Nikia, I was um, actually at the beginning of Sunday's uh, protest, and I can first person attest that it was peaceful. And the mm-hmm. actual, the actual protest, the organized part of the protest, where people were mm-hmm. were speaking and advocating for rights, was peaceful and it was organized and it was calm mm-hmm. until it broke apart and then the maniacs took over it to me. How, how can you keep these two things separate?
6: Unfortunately, it's very difficult to keep those things separate. Like I was saying earlier, there's always that one person, um, which is kind of, it leads into a domino effect. Um, but it, it really does take the community to understand The difference between, like you mentioned, an agitator and a protester, it takes the community to point these people out when these things are happening. Um, it's, it's, I don't really, it's a little, it's difficult, I will say. But, um, like everything starts off very peaceful. Everything is very welcoming, like you said. And then, it breaks off into that, and by then most protesters are already gone.
3: <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Nakia. Um, so earlier we we're talking about uh, the governor MLG just started a new commission uh, to to focus on this matter and selected oh. a, a few prominent people of color. And I think she said something that I think is really important that it's it's not her place. To speak on this to take this and that's and that's I think that's a that's a big part of the movement is people who are never affected are still (laughs) speaking up
1: right
6: (laughs) absolutely and it's it's very well now that she's and I definitely commend her for taking that step back because it's not her place to discuss what black people face in America because she herself is not a black person, Um, providing those platforms for people of color, more specifically black people, to be able to speak in safe spaces. Now, the commission that she's creating is great. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're doing this. Awesome. Awesome. But we're not just because you created this commission doesn't mean that people are going to be silent. This is not something that it's like oh okay well now that we have this going we can kind of stop protesting now no until policies are changed and procedures are changed and laws are changed and put in place having a commission definitely isn't gonna make a difference um i appreciate the steps because i mean it's it's a step in the right direction but it's not something that um until laws are changed it's we're going to keep going
2: (laughs) well and specifically speaking about that if if these are rungs on a ladder that we have to climb and and if mlg has started that what rungs do you want to ensure are on that ladder like what in your opinion is going to allow like black lives matter to tie in with that idea that all lives matter
6: um i think all lives matter can't matter until black lives matter that's one thing, because if you are truly an advocate for all lives, then you should be completely enraged with what's going on. Um, and so until that happens, until, um, like Devin before me was saying, everyone comes together because we're going to need help. It's, it's not going to change. So <clears throat> I think one understanding that all lives cannot matter until black lives matter is one. Huge step, especially in the state of New Mexico, that people have to understand and rally behind too.
3: A really good analogy that I found recently, Nakia, is if your house is on fire Mm -hmm. and you call the fire department, and the fire department starts spraying down all the other houses except for yours and saying all houses matter, that's really not. (laughs) That's not going to help your neighborhood. You put out the fire first. And then you help everybody else.
6: And then you build. Exactly. I even, Frankie Grady even said, like, right now we're working on our refrigerator getting full. And when our refrigerator's full, we're going to come back to make sure that um, Mexican-Americans get their justice, abolishing ICE, um, just... Indigenous lands, um, providing clean water for communities, and I mean, we're going to make sure that we tap into all of that. But yeah, right now our house is on fire, <laughs> our, and we need—we're <laughs> to, trying to put out the fire, but we need some help because people don't even want to admit that there's a fire even happening.
3: Nakia, this movement—this um, movement, the, this movement is not—this movement is not new, and it's definitely not Mm-mm. going anywhere. And what it needs Mm-mm. the most is allies. What would you say? to listener right now who, who may be scared to join in, who may be scared to help, or maybe they just don't know how, what would you say to that person?
6: Imagine being black. Imagine how scary it is for us. I mean, (laughs) we're out there putting our bodies on the line, putting our faces and all of that stuff. And the best, the best ally is the one that's fearless. Because it's a scary thing going against police, go, putting yourself out there, um, trying to make a bold statement, standing up against oppressions. It's a scary thing, and I, I completely understand. But if you truly feel in your heart that something needs to change, you'll find a way to become an ally. You'll find a way within your powers to help um, the movement, for sure.
2: Nikki, I got one... And
6: always reach out.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I got one final question before we go to break. Um, mm-hmm. Today's Saturday, right? And this is COVID aside. This is coronavirus aside. Today is Saturday, Woo-hoo. and, and <laughs> yeah, right. And Saturday night will come. Nikia, how is your Saturday night different than my Saturday night here in Albuquerque? Because like we've had Devin on, and we, and, you know, and we've had Royal on, and we've had some of these other guys on. But you, you are a black woman living in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. New Mexico. What what considerations do you give a night out on the town that I don't give a night out on the town?
6: Walking past police, keep your hands out of your pockets. Make sure that your phone is visible so they can identify that it's a phone. Don't walk too fast. Don't walk too slow. Don't move too abruptly in their areas. Um, they meaning the police, because when you go downtown and all that stuff, they're there. During corona times, um, it's a little bit different because, for the most part we can't go anywhere. Right. <laughs> so, um, but even just the fear of being at home. Brianna Taylor was killed in her home, shot eight times in her sleep. So even just the fear of damn, I can't even be home and be safe. <laughs> like yeah. so there's a lot of things that I consider um just for being a black woman and trying to navigate and try to have a life, you know, try to do um things to where it's non-threatening going out to the town is not a threatening thing but just simply being a person of color and a black woman of color it's still viewed as a threat
2: nakia russ we're going to break before we do let everyone know black lives matter info where can they get it where can they get where can they get something concrete
6: so we do have um a page on facebook we're working on getting a website so stay tuned for that um but reaching out you guys can even even the national um com page can give you guys solid concrete um information we have interviews coming up with uh city officials and things like that so it's definitely going to be available and honestly we're going to make sure that it's available and in people's faces because when this isn't going to continue for much longer we have to keep fighting oppression
2: give it to us and we'll give it to who we can nakia russ thank you so very much for your time this morning
6: thank you so much you guys have a great day
3: you too thanks nakia
2: when we get back we'll put a bow on this one Dave & Buster's presents ABQ Central live from the ABQX studio. We are powered by New Mexico, Pino 95.9 FM, and AM610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. I know we pivoted from sports this week. We did that on purpose. Um, you know, because like a question, you see it on social media, right? You see, um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. Here's what I just took from today. This is not anything I've got in the rest of my life. And, like, by the way, you know, I was on the air when, like, Mike Brown was going on. I was in St. Louis five years ago with the Mike Brown shooting. Like, I was literally on the air. This is what I got literally just from today. You can't start a business where you want. You can't live where you want. You can't can't book. Like, you can't get the job where you want. You can't fly on a plane as comfortably as we do. You can't be a kid. You can't go places alone. You can't walk at the speed you wish. (laughs) You have to understand that your second nature is protesting. Like, these are all things we got just from today. That's what Black Lives Matter is.
3: It's a different quality of life. Uh, There's two countries. Yeah. There's two countries. There's two judicial systems. Yes. There's two ways of policing. Correct. And now, apparently, there's two different ways of protesting. And neither of them are right.
2: I will never protest anyone's protest.
3: You want to know what I think is
2: stupid? Vigilante groups.
3: Sure. Instigators? I hate that. It's... How, How horrible is your life? How pathetic are you that a disenfranchised, underrepresented population... Is trying to speak up for themselves. And you have to go and step all over it. You have to fan the flames of hatred. This
2: is not a stat I just looked up. This is a stat I know from existing. 50% of people of color make less than $15 an hour. 50% of working. I'm not talking kids. I'm not talking elderly. I'm talking working. Do you know how hard it is to get out of that? Like, I currently right now in my mid-30s, of my core group of boys, which I have in multiple cities around the world, none of them make $15 an hour. Like, we, it's easier. It's easier. It is privilege.
3: It is privilege.
2: You know how much easier it is for me because I'm tall and white and handsome? It's easier. That's not fair. And if someone wants more fairness, who am I to combat that? Who am I to be mad at someone because they're currently in a, Corona, we're currently in a socioeconomic situation where like people right now could not make rent if the government wasn't giving them $600 a week as a stipend to their end. I can't believe they're making, you can't believe this? I don't think you recognize how hard every week is. So fired up, dude. I just want every, live your best
3: life. Set yourself up for success, make the world better for your kids. Wanting to have... Your neighbor, who's different than you, have a better life, will not make your life worse. Advocating for a disenfranchised, underprivileged population will not take away from your life. It's not mutual exclusivity. It's just not. A thing I wanted to touch base on today that we never got to because it's, it's hard to just stop someone when they're giving an impassioned plea for help the softball in a question but I think like what we're seeing in the past week is there's there's no acceptable way to protest if you are passionate and you're blocking the streets and you're shutting down businesses that's not the right way if you're breaking windows that's obviously not the right way we can get into that at another time but Colin Kaepernick and a group of uh, passionate athletes correct Tried to do this years ago. Correct. Kneel down peacefully, quietly. On the biggest stage. On the biggest stage and bring attention to this issue. And he was told to shut up. He was ran out of the league. Essentially fired on the spot. Correct. By the NFL, which is the system. One of the biggest corporations in the world, in the country, the National Football League, one of the most profitable and one of the most white-owned, by the way, finally came out and apologized, said they were wrong. And that was big, and I appreciate that. You think it's altruistic? I'm not sure. Because it's it's
2: June. It's It's cool to celebrate Pride Month.
3: Exactly that. I don't know. I think more time needs to go by. It's too fresh to really analyze people's intentions. Is it just a Band-Aid? On a waterfall. Like don't blame us for a couple weeks. Take the attention away from us. It has to stay fresh. Because once it stales. That's when you're not
2: interested anymore.
3: I mean there were so many. Good points today. So much great information. Yeah. Today It's, it's hard to focus on one thing. And really help reiterate. Just like. We need more time. To ingest this. People of color don't need more time. No. They need help. They need allies now. Listen to your friends.
2: Listen to the people that need to be heard. I got a final opinion because we mostly have been providing a platform today. I have a strong opposition to any organization that does not willingly police itself. I have strong opposition to that. If that's the police, I got a strong opposition to that. If that's protesters, if that's gangs, if that's militias, if that's vigilantes, if that's Antifa or Proud Boys, or name them. Name them all. I have a huge problem with you if you don't assure that your people act in accordance with civility and within the law.
3: It's gross. It is gross. And what's happening is gross. Final it's word? Time. It feels like it's time. It's been happening for decades. But now I think we have the momentum. I think there's enough allies corporations corporations are jumping on board they're people now people who are the most neutral gray entities on earth corporations right. are finally choosing a side and i think it's time i'll
2: rip glass Steagall apart if you want good job today van it was good to be back
3: good to have you back
2: Vit Va- vital thank you sports next week good job everyone <laughs> gg see you next time burke